week ago, I had to go to the city hall to claim my cedula or community tax certificate. I was heading into the government office having remembered that I have claimed my cedula before and it was around 100 pesos. And so we were there, we filled up the forms, we submitted it to the clerk, and when it was time for the payment, the cashier proceeded to give me a piece of very, very thin paper, and on top of it, the top of the page was written, Community Tax Certificate, or Cedula. Then she proceeded to tell me the amount that was due, and it was not a hundred plus pesos. In fact, it was a lot more. Let's just say I gave the cashier more pieces of paper compared to the one piece of paper that I got in return. And the papers that I gave her were thick and crispy. The, the paper she gave me in return, my cedula, was thin and flimsy. So I felt parang nalugi ako. And I left that uh, office wondering, was the clerk corrupt? Dinaya kaya kami? Were they cheating us? And then I, and I, I was listening to myself and it got me thinking. Why is it so hard for us to pay our taxes to our government? Why are we always apprehensive of paying anything at all towards our government? Is it only me who feels that way? Contrast this. When you think about where we, when we're in Jollibee or we're in Boracay or maybe online sa Shopee, we just keep adding to cart and swiping out our cards. What is it about the government that makes it so hard for us to trust them, to submit to their rules, to willingly and humbly follow and abide by their mandates? Are there underlying beliefs we have about our government that make it so hard for us to be obedient to them without begrudging them? We are still on the book of Romans, and as we trod along the book, we have discussed the identity of Christians, who we are, and now we are proceeding to what we must be like, or who we are and how we must live. This is the part of the book in chapter 13 where Paul was expounding on what the gospel should and would look like as God's people living in the world, how our identity should animate the way we live. And as we enter into our passage for today, Romans 13, 1-7, Paul was transitioning to talk about how Christians must live as citizens of the land we belong to. It deals with the Christian and the government. Should Christians submit to government? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we trust that you will speak to us through your word today. There are truths that you are about to reveal to us and about yourself. Lord, help us to be attentive and listening to your voice as you speak to us in our thoughts, in our hearts, and in our minds, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's start with a story. I noticed something about us Filipinos. Who among you have gone to Subic? A month ago, I was also there with my own family. And there I noticed something. In Subic, the traffic rules are a bit different. At their intersections, there are no stoplights. What well, a stoplight? Instead, they use what they call the four-way stop. Four-way stop, have you heard of that? The rule is, whoever arrives at the intersection first will get the license to go first out of the intersection. 
The next one who arrived next will take the next turn. And then so on and so forth. It would look like a rotation. So it was beautiful to watch. It was like a rhythm. It was like a dance. It was so orderly, so patient, so rhythmical, and so unlike Manila. It's so interesting to me to notice that because are these not the same drivers who drive in Manila? Hindi ba Pinoy din mga yun, yung mga nasa Subic na yun? Bakit kapag nasa Subic sila, or maybe in BGC, our traffic and driving habits change and transform, nagbabago? Bakit kapag nakalabas na tayo ng Subic, kahit sa intersection, walang first in, first out, kahit ano na, sinong dumungaw mo una, no? Kahit anong ilong ang unang lumagpas sa intersection, sa X, una na siya. Why is it that the same people can follow orderly rules in Subic, but when in Manila, it's more fun, no? And this is what Paul was proposing to us. What about for us as Christians? Do our behaviors change based on where we are? Should we obey the government even though we are citizens of heaven? And even if we do not belong here, we do not live in Subic? Let's take a look at our passage and see what the Bible says. Romans 13, 1-7. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval." For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. What we see from this passage are three points. Number one, the author Number two, the job description. And number three, the goal of government authority. Let's take a look at it one by one. First, the author. From verse one and two, we can see that Paul was surfacing a key biblical truth behind our perspectives on treating or seeing our government authorities. Let me read this again. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. You see, what, but the Paul, what Paul, what the Bible is saying is all of government authorities, no exceptions, no, no pretense, every single one of them are from God. They are instituted by God. They're appointed by God. And there are no, no exceptions. 
sabi nga dito, di ba? For there is no authority except from God. Walang authority na hindi galing kay Lord. For us in the Philippines, I know what you're thinking. How can we say that these government officials, these government authorities are from God? It is men who voted for them. It is men who made a way for them to come to power. There's this concept about from this biblical truth that we have to understand. It's not God or man, not both God and man, but God through man. That is what this passage was saying. Every authority came to power and came to position not because of man or not because of God, not because of both God and man, but really God working through men, whether illegally, whether legitimately, whether by votes, whether by thoughts, whether by will, it is God working through man, instituting these government officials and appointing them for us. In fact, even in the Old Testament, we see that this truth was readily confessed by our forefathers in the faith. Let's look at the book of Daniel. Where Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He is a God who changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Here in this passage, we can see Prophet Daniel was declaring and confessing what kind of God we serve. He says, this God owns wisdom, this God owns might, he owns time, he owns seasons, and he is the one who removes kings, and he also is the one who sets them up. He positions them in place. Think about how God removes and sets up kings. He doesn't directly come down and you see his hand moving the king, moving him here to there, putting him in his throne. But indirectly, whether in battle, by death, by sickness, in age, circumstance, God does have his way of removing kings, monarchs, and setting up new ones. God through man. God through the natural course. At this point, there's another question that we might be asking. Really? How about the bad ones? Maybe God sets up the good ones, but it's so hard for us to believe that even the bad ones are provided, appointed, and inducted by God. Well, the Bible has given us a history of those kinds of kings as well. You see, early on, the Israelites were oppressed under a terrible and cruel king of Egypt called Pharaoh. He was abusing them, enslaving them, and not even giving them any rewards for their labor. Ginagamit lang sila, inaabuso sila. And this is what God said to Pharaoh. Pay attention to how, what God is revealing about himself here. Exodus 19, verse 15 to 17. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose, I have, this is God speaking, raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. 
You could hear God's tone. You could hear God's mood. He was not happy about the kind of king that Pharaoh was. He was very stubborn. He was abusive to God's people. He was uh, exalting himself against his people. This is a people of God, and this is not a king of God. But you see the middle sentence, God was saying, for this purpose, he raised Pharaoh up. Put him in place, put him in authority, appointed him there to accomplish his purposes. And what is his purpose in this Pharaoh kingship? It was to show them God's power so that God's name may be proclaimed in all the earth, even to the stubborn kings, even to the stubborn uh, countries. God is still able to accomplish his purposes through these bad ones, these evil kings. So God still is able to accomplish his purposes even through evil kings. So what does this show us about God? God is the author of government authorities. How does this affect anything at all for us? Have you noticed how teenagers or maybe young children reply to us when we tell them to do something? Oh, clean your room, uh, do your homework, uh, wash your plates, whatever. One of the most common replies we get is, why? Why should I? Who said so? Who told you? Who told me? Ikaw? Bakit ko kailangan sumunod sa'yo? Their disobedience, you see, is rooted in questioning the authority behind the command. And this is what our society is teaching us as well nowadays. There are lines such as, my life, my rules. They, they reinforce this belief, this disobedience, this insubordination to authority. But you see, the Bible is instituting a reversal of this belief through verse 1 and 2 in putting God as the author of all government authorities. It is telling us as Christians, we must look at our, our government authorities and say and confess and declare that it is God who set these kings up. It is God who placed these presidents, these senators, these rulers of our country, and he is the one who appoints them. This belief should change our behaviors. We are more free. We are more submissive. We are more attentive and awaiting of how God will accomplish his purposes despite of the seemingly not bagay or hindi nating gusto na mga leader sometimes. And how Christians must await and uh, be seeking how God will unfold his glorious name and his glory regardless of the kind of rulers that are in place for us as of the moment. So let me ask you at this point, have you confessed yourself to believe that God is the one who put our government officials, our president, his cabinet, his high officials in place? Have you been able to pay attention to what God is about to unfold through this appointment, regardless of the limits or even the strengths of our leaders? This belief that God is the author of government authorities changes our behaviors and our hopes for our government. Is it hard for you to trust in our government? 
then maybe this is an invitation for you to trust in God's purposes and goodness, even through evil rulers. Is it hard for you to respect these people in authority, in position that God has placed over us? Then maybe it is an invitation for you to respect the one who authored them to be over you. Is it hard for you to believe that the leaders can bring about good? When you look at them, parang wala namang mabuting maibubuga tong tao na to. Then maybe this is an invitation. This truth is an invitation for you to trust in God who works out all things for the good of those who love him, even through the bad things. How about for the others? Is it too easy for you to believe in the future of our nation simply because you believe in the leader that is sitting at the throne as of the moment? Then maybe you must also remember that it is only through the author of the one who put our president and his officials in place that make it possible for our land to experience God's goodness and God's prosperity. God through man. Number one, God is the author of our government authorities. That is our first point. Let's take a break and tell another story. There's something you guys need to know about me. I'm a very, very, very forgetful person. In fact, maybe this week, I'll ask you what your name is. Today, I met you. But I'm sorry, I usually forget other people's names. I'm working really hard on it. I'm writing down notes on my phone to remember people's names. But I'm still really forgetful. And there are instances where I've left my wallet at home. And I only found out about it, kinakapa mo na lang, kapag nagdadrive ka na at nandun ka na sa daan. Ay, hala, nasa bahay ang wallet ko. So, when you're driving, wala kang license. Eh, natatakot ka. Alam mo, laki ng bayad kapag nahuli kang walang license, no? Driving without license. And on that road, while I'm driving, dami ng beses nangyari, no? Because I knew that I had left my wallet at home and I did something wrong, at every corner, at every stoplight, I was checking. Hala, may non-contact camera kaya dito? Hala, may MMDA kaya nakatakot? tago dyan sa likod ng poste. Baka may nakatago. Naku, naku. Dikit ko yung bumper ko sa harap ko. ba? I was afraid. I was petrified. And let me ask, is this what the government's job is supposed to do to us? Is it supposed to instill fear and guilt for the people or for the citizens of the land? Let's see point number two. What is the job description of government authorities? Ganito ba talaga ang effect dapat nila? Let's read uh, verse 3 and 4. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoers. So, the second point is this job description of what the government authorities is supposed to do. Ito ang summary dyan. The job description of government authority is to be a terror and fear to those who do bad. 
And they're responsible to punish them as God's avengers. God has given them the sword, no? The punishment, the responsibility to punish the wrongdoers, the evildoers. And not just that, hindi lang nananakot ng masama, pero may secondary. He gives, they should give approval to those who do good. Okay? So first, cause terror. Second, reward good. And these two things are critical parts of being a good govern, government. No? It's being able to institute laws, to legislate laws that prevent and punish bad conduct. Like me driving without a license, natatakot ako dahil may ginawa akong mali. Naiwan ko ang dapat hindi kong maiwan, ang lisensya ko para pwede ako mag-drive. It's my license to be able to drive. So, I was afraid. I was petrified. And people in evil should feel that way when our government is imposing the rules properly. It reinforces that these evil behaviors shouldn't be done. Or else, lest you be in fear, lest you walk on eggshells, and lest you cannot even drive relaxingly. They should feel that at every corner, at every stoplight, there is nowhere to hide from a government that is just and good and punishes evil. This is carrying out God's governance, His character, His justice, and His hatred towards evil living. Let's read Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. There are six things, six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an ab abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breeds out lies, and the one who sows discord among brothers. So the Lord does hate evil things. He hates them so much that he puts government officials in place to stop these things from happening, to stop these evil things from existing in the land that he owns himself. So we can say this, a godly government is one that causes people to be fearful and apprehensive about even participating in any sort of evil. Nakakatakot, nakakasindak Dapat ang gobyerno towards those that are doing bad things. The second job for the government is to give approval to those who do good. I don't know if you guys uh, watch the Olympics, but in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, one of our Filipino um, citizens, our, our sister, Heidelin Diaz, won gold at the Olympics. And uh, if you guys saw the news, she was rewarded millions and millions of pesos as cash prize. This is the government rewarding something they are defining as good, something they are exemplifying, something they are putting on a pedestal as something we should emulate. O, tignan mo yan, no? Kapag ganyan ka, bibigyan ka namin ng reward. Ganyan ang mga hinahanap namin. So by the government, doing this job description of approving the good, they are communicating, this is what we want. This is who we are as a country. This is who you must be like. This is what we're looking for. And we, as a government, must learn to reward the good. 
Isn't it good to celebrate the good conduct of others, to honor them for it, and to reward them for it? Kapag, di ba, pag uh, closing ceremony, yung mga batang nag-excel, we reward those things. And that's good governance. In the same way, the government of the land is required by God as their job descriptions to reward the good behaviors in the land. This is what God commands and expect His government authorities to do. Because that is his character. That is what he wants. He celebrates good. Let's read Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Kinakantahan ka niya kapag maganda yung ginagawa mo. Sumasayaw siya kapag marami kang success. That is the kind of God we have. He approves of what is good. He celebrates the good. He affirms it. He appreciates it. He calls it out. Good job, mga anak. So we can say the second thing. A godly government is one that approves and celebrates what is good. So here comes the swivel point. Here comes the question. Since punishment and celebration are so dependent on how we measure good and bad, who gets to determine ano yung good na nire-reward, ano yung good na ina-approve, and ano yung bad na dapat pinapunish? Whose standards should the government use to measure what is good and what is bad? Depends on the person na lang. Case-to-case basis na lang. Or yung preference ng leader. May presidente na gusto. They kill the insurgents immediately. And then there are presidents who say, patience, patience, kulong lang natin, bigyan natin ng seminar. And then there are presidents who also believe in capital punishment, may pugot ulo, no? And then there are those na hindi, kulong mo lang for life. And then there are people who think it is good to be allies with this country. And then yung ibang leaders naman, bad yun, bad yung country na yan. Itong country dapat ang good. Depends na lang. Case to case. Whose standards should the government use to measure the good that they reward and the bad that they punish? This shifts us to the third point. What is the goal of government authority? Let's look at the passage. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God. Attending to this very thing. You see, this passage is telling us that all, absolutely all, authority figures must be servants of God. Actually, they are. Because God is the one who authored them in place. God gave them job descriptions. Therefore, everything that they do must serve God and who He is. They are appointed by God. And they are appointed for God. Therefore, their goals, their dreams, their rules, their commands, their rulership must be about God, of God. Galing kay God yung value system nila. Thus, who gets to define the standard of good and bad that gets rewarded and punished? God. God is their master. Government officials, 
Government authorities are servants of God. They are supposed to serve out God's purposes. God has authored them to be in power. God has specific rules for them while they are in power. And God is their master, for they are his servants. It is God who authored them into positions of authority. Therefore, both the job description and goal of their authority must be derived from God. So, dito sa Philippines, the way we elect our government officials is by election. No? Democratic kasi tayo. This means we as citizens of the country have a choice. Hindi tayo tulad ng England na sinusundan yung dugo. We have a choice. Every six years, we get to elect who becomes president. We are the ones who have a voice. My bosses tayo, Pinoy. Diba? And pumipili tayo who gets to sit in power and who doesn't. And uh, we should know God's job descriptions for them and what their goals are for us to be helped, to be discerning of which candidates we vote for. Hindi natin napag-usapan to nung elections, pero kailangan natin malaman to, no? We must choose government authorities who exhibit the following. Ito yung point natin sa Romans, eh, no? Number one, these authority figures that we must elect must know that their position is something God is lending them. Pinapahiram sa kanila. And it's not something they earned or deserved for themselves. Second, they approve and they punish the good and bad according not to their preferences. Hindi kung anong gusto nila, kung anong prefer nila, kung anong strategy ang pili nila, anong taste nila. Kung hindi, what God wants and what God values and what God holds highly. What God hates. Third, these government authorities that we choose must understand that they are chosen by God to serve the good of His people. Naintindihan ba nila yun? Baka iniisip nila kapag umupo sila, yayaman sila. Baka pag umupo sila, dadami pri- privileges nila. No. The people who are put in place by God understand that they are servants of God. Therefore, they should do God's work and not their own work. Hindi basta-basta. So, paano natin magagawa ito ng mabuti? How can we choose government authorities who have exhibited these three things? Hindi naman limited dito, but these are important things. Each of us can best do this if we ourselves know God's values and standards. Yung definition ba ni God ng good and bad? Do we know that? Do we know the kind of good that God rejoices over? Yung napapakanta siya sa saya. Alam ba natin yung mga bagay na nakakasakit sa puso ni Lord? Yung mga kapag nakita niya, alam mong naiiyak siya? Do we know our God that closely to make wise decisions for the leaders we elect into power? Recently, I was shopping for a sofa, no? Bumibili tayo ng sofa. And kapag pumunta tayo sa furniture store, parang isang floor, sofa lang lahat. Kapag sinabi mo, naghahanap ka lang ng sofa, if you're just looking for sofa, the salesman will say, ito sir, pwede, ito pwede rin sir, ito pwede to, sofa rin to, to sofa, sofa, sofa. Lahat yan sofa. Kahit ano na lang ba? 
So, when you're about to shop for a sofa, kailangan alam mo, alin ba yung kasha sa sala ko? Ano ba yung kasha sa upuan ko? Paano ba yung, paano kami kakasha ng asawa ko? Kung medyo mataba yung asawa mo, o ikaw medyo malaki yung puwet mo, kailangan alam mo kung anong klaseng sofa ang bibilhin mo. In the same way, that is how we must choose our candidates. Ano ba ang babagay? Ano ba ang bagay sa positions na si Lord ang may-ari? Alam mo, government officials, these are positions to carry out God's wrath and God's goodness for God's people. So what kind of person is fit like that? Do they exhibit God values? Do they exhibit God awareness? Do they exhibit God standards of good and bad? Do they grieve with the things that God is grieved about? Do they celebrate what God celebrates about? Marami tayong kailangan matutunan, no? How do our candidates see their position? Do they see it as something they deserve? Or do they understand that it's a privilege to serve God's people? Ano yung values nila? The way they handle their families, their previous positions. What's important to them? What have they done? Anong rules? Anong laws ang ipinasa nila? It shows what they value. Do the things that break God's heart also break theirs? Or parang wala lang sa kanila? Do they hate evil as much as God hates it? Do they punish evil as much as God would punish it if God was actually here? Do they reward good? Do they celebrate God's goodness? Do they have people who shore up their weaknesses? Kasi wala namang perfectong leader eh. Pero maganda yung leader na alam nila, kailangan nila ng tulong. Kailangan nila makinig. Do they listen to others? Marami kasi nagtatanong from Romans 13, no? Pastor, ibig sabihin ba, susunod na lang tayo sa lahat ng government officials because God is the one who authored them naman, eh. God appointed them. God put them in place. Therefore, hmm, hugas kamay na ako, wala nang kailangan gawin. Si Lord na bahala dyan. The Bible, in fact, answers this question for us. Susunod na lang ba tayo? Basta-basta, si Lord naman naglagay sa kanila eh. Basta si Lord naglagay, sundan na natin lahat, kahit ano. Everything, 100%, let's follow it. God authored them naman. Tingnan natin anong mga story sa Bible. Isa lang to. It is from the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. Let's read this together. At that, the king flew into a rage and ordered the three men to be brought before him. He said to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you have refused to worship my God and to bow down to the gold statue I have set up? Now then, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpets, oboes, lyres, zithers, harps, and all the other instruments, bow down and worship the statue. If you do not, you will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Do you think there is any God who can save you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, Your majesty, we will not try to defend ourselves. If the God whom we serve is able to save us from the blazing furnace and from your power, then he will. But, but even if he doesn't, your majesty may be sure that we will not worship your God. We will not bow down to the gold statue that you have set up. Daniel's three friends declared, King, we will not, we will not, we will not. Ano? 
Bow down to the gods that you have set up. The things that humans themselves have set up. Why? Why did Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, openly disobey the king who had the power and the authority to kill them in an instant? Why? Because they understand their majesty, the true majesty that they serve. We will not bow down to the gold statue that you set up. Di naman si God. Alam namin kung anong gusto ng Diyos namin. Hindi ganyan ang gusto ng Diyos namin. It's not what our God commands of us. This is contrary to the values that our God wants and the standards of good and bad. Hindi na pasok king. This is not good in our God's sight. Therefore, king, respectfully, no thanks. Time and time again, the Bible tells us obedience is a key virtue. And Christians take this and obey, obey, obey. But obedi obedience is a virtue that must be done unto God. Anytime an authority figure is trying to use Christian obedience against God, we must beg to differ. Your majesty, we will not. King, we will not. Ito ang sabi ni Earl Lavender, no? He wrote this article about the church and government. Let's read this. When the believer is caught between obeying earthly authorities and God, there is no doubt where his, his or her ultimate allegiance is. In all circumstances, he or she is called to be faithful to God. And that is what we saw in Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were obedient citizens from the start. But once the king put a rule and a mandate in place that was contrary to the kind of God that they know they serve. No, obedience is not required here. Our obedience is for God only. Ultimately, Christians, our allegiance belongs to God alone. So let's read this. Our submission to the government is an act of submission to God as they are authored to carry out God-given job descriptions for God-oriented goals. God-given, God-oriented. Anytime their description and their goals are against God, we beg to differ. We must refuse submission to a government when they are demanding us to submit to jobs that are not godly and goals that are not godly. So how are we to follow and submit to our leaders? Paano yung mga nakaupo na ngayon? Paano ba tayo? How should we submit? What is a healthy and godly way to be a follower? 100 or nothing? All or nothing ba? Either wala kang pake or sunod ka lang ng sunod. Yun kasi yung iniisip natin, no? We should submit, therefore obey everything. Ganto ba talaga? Or are there ways we can contend with their imperfections, yet still godlyly contribute to their good causes? Let's do a little exercise. Try to see where you fall under the types of followers that we will discuss here. Scholars have said that there is a kind of follower here that is called absent follower. Anong classing follower ito? Low feedback and low cooperation. Among absent followers, they do not use their strengths to contribute to the good of the whole, to the whole country. Nope, they, they, they defer. Kumbaga, sila yung mga zero, 
Wala silang pake, wala silang ambag. Even if they do not agree with the president, di naman sila papalag, di sila, you know, they don't speak up. And they also don't cooperate. Uh, they just sit here, they exist here, but they don't really participate at all. They're absent, parang wala rin sila. Ayoko lang, wala lang akong pake. Gobyerno, I don't like that. Absent follower ang tawag dyan. Ang second are the critics. They're called the critics. Ito naman, ang taas-taas ng feedback, ang dami-daming comments, ang dami-daming sinasabi sa Facebook, sa mga kaibigan, sa mga Viber group, puro pintas, puro comment, dapat kasi ganito eh, dapat ganito yung church, dapat ganito si pastor, yung ganito, dapat ganito, yung, yung kulay ng upuan, dapat yung suot ni pastor, ganito. Ang daming feedback. Pero kapag cooperation na pinag-usapan, tulungan na, ambagan na, Wala namang ambag. Puro comment, walang ambag. Yan ang mga critics. They refuse to contribute anything but their opinions. Kapag papatulungan, papatulungin na sila, tulungan mo kami para magawa namin yung mga comment mo. Hindi, hindi. Okay lang. Okay na ako dito. Gusto ko lang magmaibigay ang comment ko. Yan ang critics. no Then third, ito tawagin natin yes boss. Yes boss, yes boss. They agree with the leader no matter what. Ito yung 100% obedience parate. Si God naman ang nagposisyon kay pastor eh. Si God naman ang nagposisyon kay presidente. Lahat ng sabi ng presidente, galing kay God yan. They agree with the leader no matter what. Kahit mali na yung ginagawa ng leader, they, God will make a way. No? They refuse to challenge their authority. Si God kasi yung naglagi sa kanya. Hindi ko pwedeng i-correct yan. They are unwilling to stand out, unwilling to rock the boat, and they always use the God is sovereign line. No? Sovereign naman si God. Kahit mali-mali na si leader, di ko kailangan pakialaman yan. Si God na ang bahala sa kanya. Daniel's friends, bowing to the gods, and then sabihin, hmm, sige, we will worship this golden statue. Sovereign naman si God, bahala na siya sa atin. Ganun ang mga yes boss. Yes na lang ng yes kahit ano sabihin ng king. Kahit mali-mali na, kahit it's against God's commands na, they still say yes. Yun yung third kind of follower. Walang feedback. Di sila magko-comment. Di silang bibigay ng feedback. Pero susunod sila na susunod. They allow the authorities to cross and trample on their own values and beliefs. Sige, si Lord na bahala kahit napaka na tayo, kahit binabastos na yung mga... Um, members ng team natin o yung mga citizens or mga kapwa nating Pinoy kahit pinapatay na sila kahit binabastos na sila si God pa rin ang bahala dyan di tayo, di tayo magsasalita these are the yes boss people and then there's the last one they're called the dynamic dynamic followers these people respect the leader's authority may respeto sila but they also contribute their opinions knowing that kahit I minsan iba kasi yung opinion natin sa leader. There's a difference between disrespect and silence. These people understand that even though I respect you, I'm able to also contribute something to you. When you need my help, when you need my feedback, when there's something I need to correct about you, these dynamic followers choose to contribute their feedback and their cooperation. So they advise the leader, they speak the truth to the leader, even if it might rock the boat. Awkward, they correct me yung presidente, correct me yung pastor. But they do. They do. Because they see that they need to contribute to the leader so that the leader can do his job better, best. And then, they don't just give their feedback. They offer their help. Pastor, mukhang kailangan mo ng mga usher. Ah. 
uh, yung Pilipinas mukhang kailangan ng mga social justice or social workers. I'm not just gonna be on Facebook being a keyboard warrior. I'm gonna go out there and also contribute my social work. So, the dynamic followers, they don't just comment, but they also work. Hindi lang bibig, pero may kamay. Okay? So, these are the followers that are high participation, high contribution, high feedback, pero marami ring ambag. Yan ang gusto natin. So now that all these four are now here out on the slides, how are you as a follower? Which type of follower are you to the government? Government muna pag-usapan natin. Are you the absent follower? Wala kang pake, basta pasok labas ka lang, wala kang ambag, pero chill ka lang, tatahimik ka naman. Or ikaw yung critic, behind the back, ang dami mong sinasabi tungkol sa government, pero wala ka rin mang balak umambag, wala kang balak tumulong. And then, or ikaw yung third. Di ka nga nagsasalita, hindi ka nagko-complain. Sinasabi mo, obedient ka as a Christian. But even to the point of wrong things about the leader, you don't speak up. Yes ka lang ng yes. Or how about the fourth? You contribute and yet you give feedback. You are secure, you help, you support, you contribute to the leader so that he's able to do his job well as you support him. Which type of follower behavior do you need to improve on? Kailangan bang damihan yung feedback mo o yung cooperation mo? O baka parehong kailangan mag-improve? May the Lord speak to each one of us. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Ito ang finishing line kumbaga natin. The way we subject ourselves to government authorities, we must remember, remember three things. God is the author of all government officials. And yet, God is the one who authored their job descriptions as well. Ang mga dapat nilang gawin, ang mga dapat hindi nila ginagawa, galing kay Lord yun. Kasi si, si Lord ang naglagay sa kanila sa position. And then third is that their goals must be according to God. How we submit to the government is this. We submit to our governing authorities by recognizing that God has authored them into position. And yet, we will still work as their followers to remind them and keep them accountable to their God-given job descriptions. Up, 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 di mo na ginagawa. Up, 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 ito ang dapat mong gawin. And then we also hold them up, remind them, hold them up, demand of them a standard fit for servants of God. So, Today's lesson is not an easy lesson. It's a hard lesson. Nahirapan din ako mag-prepare ng message na to. But I pray that God continues to teach us His Word through our meditations and through our uh, contemplations about, about this truth in Romans. Um, as we close, may I uh, invite you to a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for teaching us your truth about government officials, that you are the one who authored them and appointed them into position, and you have job descriptions for them, to be fearful for those who are evil and to be rewarding, Lord, to those who are doing good. This reinforces your character and your dominion over your land. So we also pray that as citizens and as followers of these government officials, we learn to support them. We learn to hold them accountable. We learn to hold them up to the standard that you yourself would demand of them because they are stewards of your positions. They are stewards of your, of your people. They are stewards of your land. May we humbly submit ourselves to you by submitting to our government and contributing in the best ways that we can. 
Help us to do this by your Spirit alone, for we cannot do it by ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining our online worship today. I pray that the Lord has spoken to you through his word and through his people. See you again next week.